Hello and welcome to this new episode of the State of the Net podcast. I'm Paolo Valdemarin. And I'm Ewan Semple. And this is episode 10, if I remember well. Well, well done. I can't, I'm glad you remembered. I couldn't. <laughs> it, it has been some time since our last episode, not that anybody will notice. but uh, <laughs> Well, the judge of RSS, uh, it doesn't matter, does it really? You just pop exactly, up. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we're not. We're not. We're not live anyway. <laughs> Who knows when I'll have time to edit this thing and post it? <laughs> I think that it's worth saying that uh, we are recording today because uh, a few days ago you sent a message saying, "Do you want to dis- to talk about uh, social media regulation?" And I said, "Sure." <laughs> well, that was before. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, that, what triggered it was um, the events in New Zealand with uh, the shooting in the mosques and, uh, you know, understandable concerns about the role that social media played in that. But people, yet again, pronouncing social media broken. And I responded with a tweet and a post that said, social media isn't broken, people are. And it was partly just a, a, out of a concern that we... In in a rush to blame the platforms or or to put in legislation or whatever, we sort of duck the evolutionary opportunity of just growing up and taking some kind of collective responsibility for things. You know, somebody somewhere must have known somebody who knew somebody who did these types of things. And then the other thought was that at the same time as that was happening, uh, you know, the school kids were uh, walking out of school in protest against environmental issues. And then subsequent to the shootings, the amazing response of the New Zealand government and the Prime Minister and the fact that they were able to ban automatic weapons within six days or whatever. You know, again, we got to learn about that on social media and talk about it on social media and potentially copy it as a result. And then even more recently, uh, since suggesting we did the podcast, uh, the events in, in the UK where somebody sort of, you know, almost on a whim decides to set up a petition to revoke Article 50 and try and put a halt to the exit from Europe. And the next thing you know, it's got 5 million-plus signatories. It's the biggest petition, certainly in the UK, and who knows, maybe in the world. And so, again, just a great example of how it's so easy to uh, get, I think, over-exercised about the downsides of social media and forget about the upsides. So you are saying people can learn and they can improve <laughs> and you're sounding skeptical paulo no i mean i i'm sure that, that this is true and uh, and that social media plays a role in this i'm not sure if this is uh, due to the fact that social media is uh, not regulated. I mean, would it did better if it was somehow regulated? Yeah. Are there yeah. things that we can do to make social media better? Um, or, you know, just leave everything evolve, quote-unquote, naturally? I, I guess that my main concern about social media is the fact that it's not unregulated. The truth is that the social media is... Uh, Profoundly re- optimized yes, exactly. uh, to do to do the best thing for the social media platform, which is try to get as much attention, attention as possible. And uh, we all know that uh, conflict and tension and uh, and uh, you know all kind of silly thing are a very good 
debate for attention. Yes, and I, I find it funny that the, the, the old street, old media are getting all holier than thou about Facebook, but they've known that for decades. You know, they've always oh, exacerbated the negatives and under, underestimated. But I think, I think you're right, because I, you know, I'm not for any moment suggesting that they're not involved, that they're not accountable to some degree. It's more just that it's too easy to blame them and not take responsibility f- or, or not take the opportunity to steer things more ourselves. I mean, and this comes down to even just the knee-jerk reaction. You know, sometimes when I post things on Facebook and I'll just get people having a rant at me and I just don't know where it's come from. And you think, well, just if you just stopped for a moment and slowed that down just for a moment and thought, what are they, co- you know, what am I saying by reacting this way? You know, if we all did that, we, we, we could work things out more effectively, you know. Well, I think that uh, overall, whoever has uh, the time and the will and the attention span to realize that uh, problems are much more complex than, you know, what a quick soundbite on social media can be or can sound are much more likely to live a happy life and maybe find some solution <laughs> to problems than uh, all these uh, quick reaction. I mean, I, I guess it's un- to, to some degree the challenge is that most social media platforms tend to favor this kind of, yeah. uh, you know, short, very dry, very quick communication. So it's a bit harder to create context and to... And to really have a more a deeper discussion you say something i guess that the problem is that you know you write something like you know what you just mentioned on, on social media and of course you do it in the context of a com- of a conversation that you have been having exactly you know within yourself and uh, with the rest of the planet for the last what 15 years more, more? yes yes but if somebody just catches that one line and reacts to that one line, they're going to get it completely wrong. Which is why I have my Facebook group closed to friends. Because when I occasionally open it, even to friends of friends, it all goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess that the problem is that, 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 that most people live like that. And, uh, and I guess that the problem is the problem with, with people or is the problem with social media. From some point of view, I think that it is actually interesting how uh, reading uh, Mark Zuckerberg's latest post, it does appear like they want to go more towards uh, conversations between friends. Yes. And, I th- and I think Twitter has uh, been making context. some interesting moves in this way. I can see a difference with Twitter. I heard Jack Dorsey's uh, podcast with Joe Rogan, and uh, not, not, not that he did particularly well in the podcast, but he was acknowledging that there were consequences to just the way Twitter's designed. And I've noticed a higher quality in Twitter, because I stayed away from Twitter for quite a while because it was just getting so noisy. Um, and, and just before we lose it, just to go back to the thing about me only making my posts available to, available to friends, I, I'm aware I could be open to the criticism of living in an echo chamber, but I make sure that within that group of friends there are some people who test me, <laughs> and, you, and you might have seen this on occasions. And also I know that each of those friends will then take some of the stuff we've talked about and migrate it out into their networks. Um so I think it is that question of just how how much how much noise you're you're willing to put up with in terms of uh, in contrast to signal, you know. 
Oh, your friends, uh, and I, I'm doing big uh, air quotes as I say friends, <laughs> uh, on Facebook are, fanta- are the most entertaining things because you post something and I read their comments and I imagine your face <laughs> as you read that comment. And it's, and it's, and it's so much well, fun. Well, it's funny, you know, I'm, forgive like, my language, but I'm thinking of instigating a, an oh, for fuck's sake, rule. But if, if, if I sit here with my head in my hands going, oh, for fuck's sake, more than three times, you're out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you should write. You should write about this. Just make people. <laughs> yeah, it's like, look, there is this rule. Yes. I'm sorry, but you're gonna be. <laughs> Even I have limits. <laughs> well, but you say that, but then there was another guy who said recently that one of the main reasons he stays on Facebook was was me. Um, and again, it's not that I'm saying that I'm special or clever, or whatever. But I think each person in their own network, in their own ecology, has the potential to do the same sort of thing and to take that responsibility and to deal with stuff that that comes up. You know. Yeah, all, I mean, I, I enjoy very much my Facebook stream because uh, I there is a lot of people I really like and I found inspiring, uh, I mean, not only you, <laughs> um, on my, in my stream. And it's, uh, so I, I like Facebook. At the same time, it there are times that you, you kind of, you know, peek over the shoulder of somebody and you see other people oh, stream. Yeah. And you say, oh, oh no. my God, I mean, how can they well, do that? Well, there was a guy recently who I wouldn't name. But who I know, who, in, in real life as it were, who's, who's very intense, very clever, way off one end of the spectrum, and has been posting incessantly for the last week or so about QAnon. And I hadn't really picked up on what QAnon was. And sort of regret opening the lid on 4chan and all the stuff around. So just for those of you who are listening who don't know, QAnon is a, a character appeared on the bulletin board 4chan looking very much like he was an insider in the Trump government and sort of predicting things or alluding to things or dropping hints that looked like they became true and just has basically unleashed the world's conspiracy theorists. And this guy that I know is just... I I thought originally it was a piece of digital performance art. I mean, I thought he was taking the piss. But I'm beginning to think, no, he actually means it. He sees all of this as serious and true and sees himself on some heroic path to save the world from not just one, but multiple conspiracies. <laughs> and it's just, like you say, Paul, you just you open the lid on some of this stuff and you think, wow, there's a whole other bonkers universe out there. And the amazing thing is how close they are. I mean, recently I was discussing with somebody and suddenly it felt like they thought that the whole... Melania Trump conspiracy she's not really herself I mean they have many clones <laughs> being sent around in her place being true and it's like you think you think they're joking and say well you know it, it can't be true right no no but I mean can't she can't be like four inches shorter <laughs> like I like I don't know what you're talking about but I I really uh, but uh, you know I think it's interesting because, you know, you, you said that it's not the internet, but it's people. It's not social media, but it's people. The, the, the truth is that, as we have learned, every day it's people processing information. Yes. I mean, everything that goes through social media is yes. processed by the pro- people. <laughs> the problem is the meat well. And, uh, well, exactly. I mean, and... and you know, as much as we can congratulate ourselves on being so clever and so good <laughs> at building our own yeah. uh, very, very good stream of very, very clever people that we never disagree with, 
I mean, the truth is that the rest of the internet is made by others. Who will and feel just as strongly. Struggle. Well, partly, but equally, there will be others who think just as confidently that they are managing their network and listening to people that are sensible. <laughs> they, think, they, they, think, they think they're That's clever. Right. And they want <laughs> Brexit and really more guns. <laughs> so <laughs> it's... Uh, <laughs> exactly. But also it's partly just letting the ropes, isn't it? I mean, I was thinking this the other day there. You know, in fact, in a webinar I was doing this morning, you know, they introduced me as having been involved online for 20 years. And I thought, oh, bloody hell, 20 years, really? But it was taking me back to remembering Usenet and the old days and was it alt-rec misc binaries, which was just a cesspit of humanity. And you'd sort of tinker in it, first of all, because you sort of thought, oh, this is amazing, you can get access to all this stuff. And then you quite quickly just back off, close the lid and never go back again. And you know, a couple of stories recently, which I can't really retell, about people I know who've just stumbled into stuff and made it apparent that they never did that. You know, they still haven't learned what... And, and again, this is something about the, the videos of, of the shooter in, in New Zealand. And wanting to protect people from it. And I'm thinking, well, yes, I kind of understand that. But what the hell are they doing going remotely near it? It's, uh, I, I was mentioning before, as, as we usually do before start recording, uh, there is a very interesting documentary. It's on, on, it's on BBC uh, now. It's called The Cleaners. And it's a story about... Uh, moderators on, on mostly on Facebook from what I understand and there is uh, people working for a subcontractor in uh, the Philippines and um, and there are many interesting aspects uh, uh, some of some of it is how these guys are exposed to something like 15,000 images a day that they need to say yes no yes no and uh, and and uh, and that is Kind of the, the the fact that we're forcing this onto people for a very few dollars is probably needlessly cruel, and I mean they have problems with uh, with suicides. Mm-hmm. I mean pe- people have mental health problems after a while they're on this job. The other interesting aspect uh, is uh, how the, the the these moderators who are all very proud about what they do and their role in society, how they are protecting the internet from all these crazy content, uh, actually have their own very specific and Filipino uh, points of view. I mean, there was one supporter of their very, very fascist president thinking that uh, killing a few million of drug addicts should be the right thing to do like Hitler did. Uh, with Jews, uh, the other one, you know, very, very religious people. And uh, and you think, uh, so not only the internet that we experience today is processed by, by all the rest of the planet, but it's also processed by these people that, uh, of course, are following rules, but they also have their own idea, and we have no idea they even mm-hmm. exist. Uh, yet they are there and they are influencing, they are filtering everything that we see. Yep, and as, as, as again we said earlier, you know, I, I find it funny that the mainstream me- media will, will will vilify Facebook for either not dealing with it or dealing with it in these uh, these behind the doors sort of ways. But news media have always done this; they've always chased 
negative stories because that's what makes people pay more attention and they've also filtered and you know I remember working in television centre when the the news feeds were coming in from a war zone unedited that you had to have a strong stomach just to sit there you know so it's not it's not Mm -hmm. a new problem in that sense and you know just as you were describing their activity I was thinking well yes I don't wouldn't want a young child of mine or, or whatever to be exposed to disturbing images randomly on any of these platforms and I understand the instinct to control that but equally we've never put limits on the girls access to the internet and on occasion they've done a search that's come up with something challenging um, either at one stage they were too young to care or because when they became old enough to care we talked about it and I don't think there was any long term Harm, and I, you know, I can remember being deeply disturbed by images on those original bulletin boards of, you know, people being uh, executed in China, and you, just horrible, horrible images, which have stayed with me. And I'm almost not sorry that they've stayed with me, you know, because I know that mankind's capable of that. I mean, it's a bit like the argument. I guess that the difficulty there is uh, around how much. If you want culture, you have around that. Because uh, if you have the the structure to cope and manage and and make those images part of yourself Mm -hmm. in a positive Mm way, I mean, as negative as the images themselves might be, then it's an opportunity to grow. Mm If you don't have that, I, uh, this actually reminds me, uh, uh, we have been watching a, a TV show on Netflix called Delhi Crime. Mm. And and basically, I'm just back from India and I kind of, uh, I, I, I missed Delhi, I guess, a little bit. So we started watching this show and it's a very, very raw story about uh, the gang rape that happened a few years ago in Delhi, which was a major thing that actually triggered some new rules mm-hmm. and laws. Um, but at some point, there are two characters discussing about why this violence is happening. And they say, and one of them says, uh, there is this uh, growing population in the city, moving towards the city of uh, young males with uh, very little culture, with little, very little understanding of uh, sexuality, very mm-hmm. poor. Uh, they are exposed to very rich people, and the difference is is is, is getting farther and farther yeah. away. They're exposed to a lot of porn because they have uh, phones yeah. and they can watch whatever they want, and they struggle to cope yes. with all this stuff. And and uh, and it's not to justify. No, no but I, and I, I could argue against being concerned about that either. You know, it's yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think it's partly because it's it's happening it's a, in a rush. Well, is it? Mm. Well, I guess, you know, it's how many people died in the early days of cars because nobody had figured out that uh, it's better to if we just pick a lane and we all go (laughs) on the right or on the left. And at the the beginning, they they didn't think about it. And it's uh, and this didn't stop cars from being from from being developed and used. It just became better and people became better. And it became obvious what was damaging, what wasn't, what was an acceptable risk, what wasn't. Uh, and it keeps changing because yes. you know uh, uh, these days you wouldn't dream of uh, driving a car without uh, certain security devices. And uh, you know when we started driving, <laughs> you know 
why would anybody would want to do <laughs> That's that? That's really funny. So just thought, the, the feeling of getting into a car and not putting on a seatbelt, which is just sort of inc- inconceivable now, is to me the same thing as clicking on a random link that somebody sent me in an email. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Is it why would you do that? Exactly. But there is plenty of people who do it. Yeah. Uh, probably the the probably what is happening is that the the speed of evolution of things is becoming faster and faster while human brains are not improving at the same speed. And uh, probably the gaps between where what the potential of uh, of the, the offer by technology and actually yeah. our ability to, to cope with it is uh, is becoming and, that, and that's my bigger. concern. That was my reason for the tweet about a, a, a too quick response that we ought to have the conversations about the consequences of our of our reactions, if you like. So if we decide to lock everything down, well, is is that good? Is that going to cause its own problems? is allowing fascists in the Philippines to decide what other people get to see going to cause more problems than it solves. And we're not, we're not, I don't think, in a position to have those conversations at the moment because most people don't even understand that that's happening. Um, so it's back to my rant about the ideology of algorithms. We're, we're making very significant decisions which will either enable or disable our ability to mature and grow up and take advantage of all the learning that the internet affords us because too many people don't really understand the question, and they don't understand the complexity of the. the, yes. the I guess the the, the the real challenge is that there is not one question. There are many exactly. interconnected questions, uh, and they are all interdependent. Uh, yes. And and nobody really understands the whole complexity. So all we can do is experiment with it. But certainly, the solution is not an easy solution, and that implies turning something on or off. That's for yes, sure. Exactly. And and again, you know, I think the the opportunity to use the tools to talk. I mean, this was something I used within the BBC, always using the tools to talk about our use of the tools, so that we matured in our use of the tools and we learned what worked and didn't work. And, and because we were able to learn faster. There was more chance of our learning keeping up with the the, the rate of the problem, if you like. Um, I guess that maybe some maybe part of the problem might be that back in those days we had a pretty good understanding of how the tools used to work. Mm-hmm. So, us learning how to use the tools was, in a way, a more direct experience. Yes. Uh, these days is a little bit like you know with with cars or any other mm-hmm. type of sophisticated <laughs> right. machine. These days we don't really understand how Facebook works. No. I mean we have some ideas. Some of us might know a little bit better than others, but mostly it's a black box. It's something that so uh, we interact with, but we don't really know how it works. So to some degree, the conversation about the tools is meaningless because, I mean. Uh, to some degree, back in the day, we actually had an influence on the direction of those tools much more than we have today. Yeah, well, I mean, even just the, today, somebody on Twitter referred to Trackback, which got me all nostalgic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just remember the days when Trackback sort of worked and you could see who had referred to you. And that in itself, I think, was a good... Um, constraining is not the right word, but a good feedback mechanism. You know, mm-hmm. there's a much more direct connection between me saying something seeing responses being able to decide whether i was troubled by the responses or not blah 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 whereas as you say on things like facebook and twitter there's so many complex algorithms going on in the background i can't be sure what what i see means anymore 
Yeah, or but, but most of all, it's very hard to understand what is the context of what you're seeing yes. because you're yes. seeing this little snippet yes. and figuring out where that belongs. Because there are so many conversations. Very often, you know, you you try to 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 climb back up a conversation, but it's hard and it yes. it has all these different. Or uh, well, even just trying to find something you glanced at five minutes ago on Facebook is horrendously difficult. Because the feed's changed by the time you try to look back through it again. Yeah, it will never. You will never find it again. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's it, because of course they try to do everything they can to avoid showing you the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, except if that sometimes it's exactly what you would want. Because <laughs> it's your own brain that you're trying to recover. That's right, exactly. I mean, this is obviously what motivates me certainly, and I think both of us. And in doing this podcast, it's just I don't think there are easy answers, and I think engaging more people in trying to grapple with the... T- and, you know, this is this is frankly the issue that I think we're seeing in our politics and other things, is that the politicians just haven't kept up with the way the world was heading and they're getting caught out by the fact... Well, some politicians, I mean, some... Again, obviously, Jacinda, in, uh, I forgot her surname, in, in New Zealand, does seem to be very smart and connected and aware of how this environment's increasingly working, but certainly the British politicians just seem to be woefully ignorant of it. And frankly, we're all paying the price because they're just not keeping up with the rate of change. And so, um, and yet many of them don't know that. You know, it's like trying to get businesses, chief execs, senior people to sort of acknowledge that this this is actually a big problem and they need to address it. So you're saying that you don't think that what we're seeing here is a very, very sophisticated way to avoid doing Brexit <laughs> while saying that we're doing Brexit. Talk, so, talking of multi-level conspiracy theories, trying to make, make sense of what Theresa May is doing is way up there. I think that she is brilliant. She's basically trying to get off this Brexit shit. I mean, she, she didn't want to begin with, right? You think you think Trump's and, a genius as well, don't you, obviously? And, uh, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not getting that far. I'm not getting that far. Um, oh, it, it, basically, his the, his genius might actually be trying to reform the whole American society by leading it to a collapse, <laughs> precipitating that um, fall. Yes, yes. Yeah, that, that's that's that. That maybe you're right. Maybe maybe he is a genius. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's. Uh, it's brilliant. It's it's look. I don't remember what comedian there was. There was a comedian the other day on on in my Facebook stream who gave who gave such a perfect description of the current situation in the in the UK as far as the politics are concerned mm-hmm. that it, you, you were really sitting there wondering why am I hearing this from a comedian? I mean, it's it's. Oh, was it's, it? What's his name? Pa- um, Pike. No, what's his? Oh, what's his? Name? Yes, yeah, P- Pie. Pie. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If he can work it out, exactly. Why can't anybody else? <laughs> and it's uh, and it's. Uh, but I think it was that was a pretty clever analysis about uh, how the contract between uh, the politicians and the people have been broken by. Uh, cutting down on a whole number of very essential services and and things, and basically the people rebelled, yep. and they rebelled with what they had and with the tools they had, 
And this led us to a place that unfortunately did not replace those politicians and everything is even more broken than it was before. But if and, if it is uh, a grand falling apart, then, you know, I, I, I swing between thinking it's horrendous and thinking it's exciting. Because, um, you know, <laughs> being an eternal optimist, we will, we will you know, there, there will be some bumps and there'll be some grazes and there'll be some pain along the way, but I think we will work this out. Um, and in a funny way, it's almost like Britain has self-immolated, but we'll learn first, you know? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm an optimist too. I mean, I think that things are much better today than they were even a very, very short time ago. Mm -hmm. And that, yes, there are bumps in the road, but overall we're moving in the right direction. Uh, I mean, from from this point of view, having spent... uh, 10 days in India between this podcast and the previous uh, mm-hmm. episode. Um, you, you go there and the most present feeling you have is uh, that uh, things are getting better. I mean, things next year are going to be better than this year. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. Everybody expects that. I mean, the economy is growing at 7%. Mm-hmm. 7% is something you notice, okay? It's something that... It's it's something that you see. I was there last time three years ago, and I could tell the difference. I mean, from the cars, from the traffic, from the people, from the the the, the feeding was completely different. And it's interesting how you could you could respond to that by thinking, "Oh bugger, they're winning, and we're losing," or you could think, "Thank goodness, somebody in the world is working out how to do this. We can copy them." Well, I guess that the funny thing is that from any point of view, they are co- they're really these they are coping us um, yes but they're also beginning to outstrip us I mean I think the same is true in Africa um, they're unencumbered by some of the crap that we're dealing with now I think that the the, the, the challenge is that like I mean while I was there there was this uh, little war thing with Pakistan mm. where they shut down planes and and uh, you you do have the feeling that uh, they are moving towards a uh, much more fundamentalist right. uh, uh, view of things. I mean, there there is a clear movement to sort of establish much more of a Hindu uh, state, uh, which is not exactly good from my no. personal no. perspective. Uh, I don't think that religion should be part of anything, really. Um, <laughs> well, there's a kind of worms to open at the end of the podcast, Paolo. Yeah, well... Uh, but at the same time, there is this the the uh, you know going back to the to the internet is is this fascinating idea that uh, they are doing everything at the speed of the internet. So mm-hmm. yes, some parts of society, some part of the even about the infrastructure, if you want, is medieval. I mean, I mm. was walking mm. in a in a narrow alley of uh, old Delhi, and it's. It's as much as you, as intense as you can imagine. Okay, okay? It, I'm it's, so it's, uh, But you turn on your phone. I mean, out of curiosity, I switch on my phone, and I because there are all these cables everywhere. Uh, I turn on my phone and I check the, the is if there were any Wi-Fi network, and there were pages and pages of Wi-Fi. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? So the thing is. And this is not just, forget that everybody is walking with a with a with a you know smartphone, but they even have wired networks in the houses, 
in all daddy. I mean, these houses that are falling, and yet there is high-speed connectivity. Yeah, yeah. And so everything is kind of moving at a different speed. It's not, they're not doing again what we did. They're doing some of what we did, and there is a whole bunch of other things Tim, happening Tim's at a different speed. China's the same. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same, same, and, and probably... And in, Africa. In, Actually, I mean, there's people in Africa who are living in a mud hut and don't have any... Uh, gas for the for the cooker but they've got two mobile phones and they've got ways of charging them and at the same time there are countries like Myanmar where this is a situation but apparently the only internet they really have there is Facebook yeah and uh, suddenly when you look at what happened to the Rohingyas you start thinking okay maybe we should be a bit more careful about what we do with social media platform because yeah, you know you yeah, have a very yeah. successful you have a very successful platform and the point is you have a people that at least this was part of the documentary i don't know a lot of it about it but apparently there is a majority of the country which is genuinely and honestly racist against these other people mm -hmm. and this is what rave represented was a genuine and genuine honest racist better than a, a dishonest racist yes well <laughs> a dishonest racist is, is somebody who may be racist for all the wrong reasons they well, are, good they reasons. are honest, right, okay. right. they are honest right. racist they are as honest as they come <laughs> they truly believe they are a superior race and they have created one of the worst humanitarian crises in history. Yeah. And, uh, and of course, this being a huge echo chamber, chamber, people tend to reinforce their own ideas. So what do you do there? So I mean, it's, 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 a, it's such a complex problem. And I'm not saying, well, well, the solution is like, you know, just turn off Facebook or no. put them in jail. So, um, I mean... Okay, going back to that can of worms that you opened on the religious thing, I think it, I'm finding it funny these days that the, and it's to do with India and the ideas coming out of India about non-duality and about uh, how much we create our own worlds through our own labelling and meaning and narratives and whatever else. And so I find myself, and this is part of why I'm reading so much of this stuff, you know, if we're going to try and replicate human consciousness and technology, what the hell is human consciousness and what we're trying to replicate? And why and what's the consequence? And, but it's also making me sort of, it's interesting how in some ways I think the answer, here we are, the answer's not 42, it's that combination of going inwards to truly strip away as much as you can the conditioning and the, and the, the dogmas and the rules and the cultural conditioning that we don't even know is sort of happening, if you like, just trying to get really down to what am I and what am I doing and why am I doing it, at the same time as being very aware of the fact increasingly aware of the fact that we are actually all on the same planet and we're all connected in ways that we've never been before. So it's this interesting potential to go in two very opposite directions at the same time. And I, th and I personally am beginning to feel that's the only, the only way it's going to work, is if we can somehow encourage more people to, to, to take those moves. Well, ultimately, if you think about it, enlightenment is about going inside and losing the... the limits between yourself and yes, others right? exactly and so, so i did a post about this on facebook the other day you know your organized religion is about division it's about division between god and us or me and others or them and us and all the rules and the rituals i think are intended to exacerbate that but they certainly do exacerbate that even if not intentionally and then the contrast i was saying that 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 
attempt to strip away layers of those narratives and conditioning can only lead to the fact that you are as kind of, you know, we're all part of the same exploding star, you know, and we should act like it. Well, and on this happy note, I think we can wrap up this episode and uh, thank everybody for listening. Yeah, and I bet they didn't expect to have the answer to life, the universe, and everything as well. So there you go. Bonus. Yeah. Free, free <laughs> with uh, every episode of uh, State of the Net podcast, uh, a, a complete solution to your struggles. Please tell your friends to download the podcast. <laughs> See you next time. Bye.